Hello, I'm Haley Rosenblum from Kickstarter, and you're listening to the Jazz Spotlight with Jan Ilunga. Episode 49. Welcome to the Jazz Spotlight, the podcast that gives you the insight and tools you need to be in the music industry today. Artists, authors, and top music industry experts give you actionable tips that will help you promote yourself the smart way. Here's your host, Jan Ilunga. Hello, 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 and happy Thanksgiving if you're in the States. But even if you're not in the States, happy Thanksgiving anyways to you, your family, your friends, your fans, to everyone. And thank you for being here with me on the Jazz Spotlight Podcast. I'm Yanni Lunga, your host, and I'm pumped for this 49th episode. And, you know, in terms of timing, I think it couldn't be any better because we are in the season of of giving and the topic of today is simply perfect. Like if you're a fan, you may be looking for ways to uh, give back to your to your favorite artists for their music, their great things they are doing, you know, how they put in a good mood, they lift your spirit with their great music. Or if you're a musician, you may be doing the opposite. So you're thinking about how you can say thank you to your to your audience, maybe you're thinking about releasing a new album, launching an ebook, a special EP, or something for the holiday season, and that's great. But you know that sometimes that can be something that actually costs money and it can be something that maybe you can't afford at the moment. And crowdfunding can be something that can help you do that. And if you've been with me in the, in the past, you maybe remember from episode 31, there was Andrew Reed of MFM Media who talked about crowdfunding as a way to finance projects. So album releases, tours, and a more practical example was Anthony Dean Harris in, on episode 33, where he talked about the art of cool project and how they launched a Kickstarter campaign to pay for their upcoming festival, so their music and an art festival for next year. And we're going to talk about successful crowdfunding with the community manager of Kickstarter, Haley Rosenblum. Like always, you can find all the links to the show notes, things Haley and I talk about at thejetspotlet.com slash episode 49. Here is successful crowdfunding with Haley Rosenblum of Kickstarter. Have fun. Hey guys, are you ready to have some fun with this new episode? Because sure, you're going to learn a lot of great things, but this episode is going to be lots of fun. I can tell. I was talking with my guest before we started with the interview and I had this feeling that we really hit it off and she was telling me how she got back from a music conference and how tough that was on her because <laughs> she had a great, great time, but also... You know, if you don't sleep and get to know so many new people and everything, that kind of takes a toll on your body. And as you probably guessed from the title of this podcast episode, we're going to talk about crowdfunding and we're going to go really down to the specifics. So we're going to get real life examples of people who have had great success with Kickstarter. We're going to hear more about the do's and don'ts of, of Kickstarter and how to start a crowdfunding campaign on Kickstarter. And my guest 
is the community manager of Kickstarter. And really, I can't wait to hear from her. It's with great pleasure that I welcome on the show, Haley Rosenblum. Hey, Haley, how's it going? Hello, I'm doing well. How are you doing, Jan? I'm great. I'm great. I'm so glad that you're here. And I hope you can met you when, you know, your flu now, it's okay. Oh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Good as new now. But uh, yeah, last week I, I got a cold from uh, the CMJ Music Conference. It's a, about a week-long event where you meet a lot of people. And yeah, it was rough. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet that. I bet that. You know, it's both uh, like a lot of hard work, but also lots of fun. And Haley, tell us a little bit more about yourself. So you're the community manager at Kickstarter. And I'm sure that also the listeners are curious what is it that you do as community manager? Yeah, I'm the community manager for music. So I work with musicians and all music-minded folks or organizations that would like to do a campaign on Kickstarter in our music category. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have 15 categories on the site in different creative and art worlds, including comics, film, technology, design, what have you. And so I help music folks that use the site. All right, that sounds like lots of fun, doesn't it? Oh, it's great. I, I love it. I see so many different, uh, so many different people, so many different projects. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, music, you know, p- most people think it's a recording a CD and releasing new recorded albums, but really, it's a wide variety of different things, from interactive, you know, album packaging to live festivals and concert performance and and anything that music can be made to share people are doing it on kickstarter so it is a real joy to see what people are doing and we are talking about kickstarter well obviously you know very well because you work there and i also know because i've written about it and so forth but if there is someone in there and among the listeners who doesn't know about kickstarter can you give us a short overview of what kickstarter is and what he has to offer to people in the music industry Absolutely. So Kickstarter is a website platform, a fundraising platform and community building platform where you can go and make a project. Again, it's one of our 15 different artistic categories. If you want to make a film, if you want to make a record, things like that. You can go to Kickstarter, you can build a project and say, this is what I want to make. This is how I want to do it. And you can set up different reward tiers, which are things that you'll give in exchange for people pledging money to help your project come to life. So it's a way to build community and help fundraise to make the things that you want to make. And you set a goal of how much money you would like to raise to make the thing you want to do. So if I want to make an album and I need $5,000 to do it, I would say I need $5,000. And Kickstarter is an all or nothing funding platform, which means if you don't raise the goal that you set out to achieve by the time your project ends, you set a time period, then you don't receive any money and no money is transferred between anybody. But if you do reach your goal or go over it uh, by the time your project concludes, you get to make the, the thing that you set out to make and you get to deliver rewards and experiences and just share information with the, the folks who help support you. That's awesome. And among the, the musicians and people in the music industry that are using Kickstarter, what do you think is the kind of most common use? Is it to, uh, you know, to fund or to finance an, a new album or tours or something else? Yeah, so we've had almost 18,000 successful music projects in the five years that Kickstarter has been up and running. Mm -hmm. And the bulk of those campaigns are for folks that are recording new music, whether it's, you know, a full album or an EP. 
uh, or even a single. So most of it's for recording um, new music. We've also get campaigns for tours, live performances, music festivals. And it's interesting because we're seeing music videos and a lot of different um, ways that the internet changes what people need. So we're seeing people do a lot of different, a lot of different things beyond the traditional album release. And so that's kind of what's been exciting this last year is we've seen fans come together to help release music into the world that an artist made 20 years ago and the artist never released. And we're seeing fans come together to do kind of what somebody would say is a silly project, but not silly because the fans want it to happen and they want these things to exist. So we're seeing a lot of different creative uses of the site, but most common it's people who want to, you know, do a traditional music release or do uh, a recording and getting their start that way. Okay. That's great. And, and there's really like, all kind of music genres, all kind of artists, singer songwriters, uh, ensembles, rock bands, jazz singers, really every kind of musician can use Kickstarter. And if someone wants to start a crowdfunding campaign on Kickstarter, what are the things one should think about first, even before, you know, getting the hands dirty and start with the, planning the campaign? Sure. So one of the interesting things is that if you go to Kickstarter's website, you're not going to find the word crowdfunding anywhere on the site because we think of it more as a community building thing. It is a fundraising platform. This is true. Money does you know, play a big part of it, but it's the community that's going to support you. And so when you start thinking about a project that you want to make, that's kind of the first step. Uh, the first actual first step is figuring out what do you want to make mm-hmm. and figuring out, you know, what are you going to need to make it? The second step would be, okay, so now that you know what you want to make and you know what you need, how do you, you know, talk about what you're doing and how do you get people excited about what you're doing? Because you're excited. You want to make this awesome thing, but now you need to not sell yourself, but you need to describe what you're doing and share that. So I would think about, okay, who's your ideal audience? You know, you're going to reach out to your friends, your family, your social networks and your internet presence, but who else should know about this? And then you can kind of start building from the ground up of kind of your ideal audience. Who do you want to reach? And then you start figuring out, well, how do you reach them? Who can you, you know, go to for press or blogs or to write about your work on the internet? Or what friends do you know that can share? Just kind of figure out how can you build that web of a network to get to the people who you think will be excited about what you're making. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it, it goes on to the nitty gritty of actually building the campaign. If you want to do a project video, uh, like a pitch video, you can film yourself or you can just figure out, no, I'm just going to go in and I'm going to try as hard as I can and, and just go. But I do think research and looking at what other folks are doing on Kickstarter and what other folks have done in the fundraising space is a good way to help you figure out where you should start and to help you figure out the mechanics of your own campaign. So if rewards, for example, are something that you're struggling with, you don't know what to offer, I recommend looking at the site right now and seeing what people are offering because you never know, you know, the inspiration that you'll get just by seeing what people in your community are doing. So if you know you're a jazz artist, for example, and you want to make a jazz album, go to Kickstarter, select our jazz uh, category under music and see what jazz artists are doing right now. And that can help inspire you and give you some good ideas. That's awesome advice. So first, kind of think about your demographic. Well, obviously, think about what you want to do first and then think about your demographic. So your target audience, people that you want to reach. Think about who can help you promote the campaign. So Ailey mentioned 
uh, bloggers or you know media friends pretty much anyone you you can think of that can help you strategically promote your campaign and also it's, that's a great tip of of simply going on kickstarter.com and look for you know similar campaigns and see what they have to offer and and what others have done especially successful ones and since we talk about this uh, you know checking successful success stories i think it's Maybe we can talk about for a moment the case of Amanda Palmer. I think she's probably the kind of the biggest uh, success story when it comes to to the music community on Kickstarter. Obviously, there's been so many great stories, but this in particular, it's unbelievable already for the fact that the the goal was, I think, was $100,000 and she and her team managed to raise almost $2 million, which is crazy. And obviously, I know that you follow that case very closely. So can you tell the listeners a little bit more about that? And what do you think has been the key to the success of that campaign? Absolutely. So many people may not know is before I joined the team at Kickstarter, I was working full time for Amanda Palmer and I was working with her when she did that campaign. So my my perspective of it is it's very much inside uh, her team, her world, as well as Kickstarter and, and Kickstarter's music community. Uh, one of the most exciting things about Amanda's campaign, it was launched uh, in at the end of April on Amanda's birthday, actually, uh, in 2012 and ended in May 2012. So it was a, a month long campaign. And it wasn't something that she did overnight. It was something that she worked for for a long time. Some people don't realize this, but she ran two other campaigns on Kickstarter before the big one. And that was so that she, she deliberately did that so that she could understand the, you know, what it took to do a Kickstarter campaign to have her internal team understand how to communicate to the fans, how to promote the project and just kind of like a training session in a way. So when I talk to musicians all the time, they have these really beautiful big project ideas, I tell them it's okay to do a small project first just to get, you know, the training wheels on, so to speak, to, to understand how to do it and how to talk to people. So Amanda, she had two campaigns on Kickstarter prior to the big one in 2012. So that was one thing she did to prepare for it. And the other thing is that she's been working, you know, relentlessly for over a decade to connect with her fans. She would stay after concerts and meet everybody and sign autographs and just connect with people and make them feel loved and understood and appreciated. Mm -hmm. And so but when the time came for her to do her Kickstarter campaign for her big album tour and art book, she basically called upon her fan community and said, okay, now is the time. I need your help to make this thing and I want to do it on my own terms and I don't want to do it with a record label. I want you to help me. And so her campaign kind of had this narrative um, she had a card in the video that said, this is the future of music. And so when people started writing about this project, that became the narrative that like supporting this Kickstarter campaign wasn't just helping Amanda Palmer make the art that she wants to make, but it w- was kind of voting confidence that artists should be able to make their music, their art, their wildest projects and have people participate and get excited and be part of the story. So it wasn't only her fans that supported the project. It was people who were curious and people who liked the idea that music can be made with a community and music can be made in new and exciting ways. That is awesome. And, you know, it's great that we really get the behind the scenes look because you've worked closely with her. And and it's amazing what you said, you know, that first, she kind of experimented a, a little bit with, with Kickstarter and, and most importantly that she 
uh, build her fan base even before the campaign. So you mentioned stay after gigs and connecting with people, signing autographs, and obviously also using social media and probably an email list to to build their following. That's great. And then in terms of the the rewards level of her campaign, would you like to tell us a couple of things about that? Sure. So Amanda's reward tiers, I think, are good in terms of if people are starting to think about Kickstarter and connecting with their audience, Amanda's rewards are a good place to look at because her goal wasn't necessarily to offer a lot of physical merchandise. She did have have some physical items, but her goal was in her wildest dreams, what can she give to fans that would that she would have fun making and that fans would appreciate in return. So an example is one of the rewards she has is a record player that she would hand paint and then you can get the vinyl album that she's releasing with the record player to listen to it on and then have this hand painted thing from Amanda herself. So it, it goes beyond just offering cool items, but experiences and one of a kind sort of stuff. Uh, one reward here she had was that for, I believe, $10,000, she would paint you. So, cause Amanda is a, is, is a talented visual artist as well, is that she would offer a fan the opportunity to have their portrait painted by Amanda. Or if somebody wanted to paint her portrait, she would do that as well. And so it's reward tiers in Amanda's project and just generally things that are exciting to you that will connect you to your audience and will connect your audience to you in return. That two way street is kind of one of the most exciting things because I back so many Kickstarter projects myself. I'm a big fan of, of music and artists and I like supporting them. And I get excited when I have the opportunity to get something in return that I can't get anywhere else, but it's not just that I'm getting stuff. It's that I'm helping make, mm-hmm. I'm helping these people make these things. And so the reward tiers that she has are, are kind of insane, you know, funny. So there's one reward tier called um, donut with a rock star. And it's funny because I've seen people on Kickstarter use that uh, as a template for a reward they want to offer. But it's funny because there's an inside joke to that, that if you follow the campaign, you knew about it. It was uh, Amanda has a song on the album called Do It With A Rock Star. And when she was tweeting about the album on Twitter, her autocorrect on her phone kept changing it to donut instead of do it. And so she thought it would be funny if she would quickly added a reward tier on the Kickstarter campaign that was donut with a rock star, come backstage, have a donut with Amanda, stay for the show, get, get all the, you know, merch items and things like that. And somebody pledged for it. Sure enough. So she had a donut with a Kickstarter backer and it kind of shows how fast things can move that if you're interacting with your fans and they say they want something, you can totally offer it in a reward reward tier while your project is live and be able to connect with people in real time and kind of build this sort of community in real time as it's happening. I love it. And you mentioned uh, a moment ago also the importance of the uh, storytelling aspect of a campaign so that also when people backed Amanda's project, they weren't only backing Amanda's project, but they were kind of doing it for the greater good, if we can say like that, of, of music, because as she said, it kind of was the, the future of music was kind of some, something new. And then also in the rewards, I think that probably that's where the success lied uh, that you said also for yourself, as you have been <laughs> like supporting uh, many campaigns, that there have been things that have been so cool that you just couldn't wait to get your hands on those. And not necessarily for the materialistic aspect, but because it was maybe something unique, like you said, that you wouldn't have found anywhere else. 
And in terms of, of um, many campaigns that you've seen, obviously the Amanda's campaign, it's, uh, you know, a unique, unique story. And by the way, Amanda, if you are listening, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Keep rocking because you, you're really, you're a rock star and you're really an inspiration for thousands of people around the world. And thank you for all the great stuff you are doing. And, you know, obviously, Haley, you, you see so many campaigns. I, I probably guess that you even see them in, in, when you sleep. Oh, <laughs> there boy. are so many. <laughs> uh, thousands upon thousands. Uh, I, to keep my finger on the pulse of, of the music community on Kickstarter, I, I do, I look at every music campaign that's on the site. <laughs> so I, it's funny because I'll have conversations with folks and I know they'll say, Oh yeah, I did a campaign. I say, Oh, well, what was the name of it? They tell me and I know exactly. Uh, in fact, just, you know, just last week at CMJ, they had the conference we were just chatting about. They had a uh, photo booth to enter like a contest and to get like a printout photo of you with some props. And I'm like, okay, I'll do this. This is fun. And I made a little sign that said Kickstarter rules because I took a picture with it. So I would share it with my, my friends and colleagues. And the photo booth operator was like, yeah, Kickstarter does rule. Uh, and he goes, yeah, I had a campaign, you know, last year. And I goes, Oh really? Well, what was the name of it? And he told me the band name and I was like, Oh, I know a campaign. <laughs> it is awesome. And sure enough, you know, it was exactly the campaign I thought it was, but I see so many things. It's great to meet people out in the real world in unexpected places. Yeah, and it sounds like so much fun. And um, I hope you continue to do it because, you know, what you guys are doing at Kickstarter, it's amazing. It's unbelievable. It's a great thing that you're doing for people in the creative arts. And if we talk now about the uh, kind of the identity identity of a, of a Kickstarter campaign, so in terms of, you mentioned a few things earlier. So you mentioned, for example, that one can have a video where one explains what the campaign is about. You mentioned the rewards level. You gave us some examples from Amanda, Amanda Palmer's case. So can you, can you tell, like, among all the thousands of thousands <laughs> that you've seen, what do you think is kind of a structure that you think has worked well? Or if you want also, what are the must-have elements of a campaign obviously it changes from artist to artist but in terms of you know kind of a general overview what can you tell us about that yeah so one thing that i I say to people all the time before they start a campaign is it has to be customized to you and what you're doing and your audience you know your audience better than anybody else and you want to make sure that you're authentic to yourself don't copy what somebody else is doing because you think it's going to work. Do what, what's actually you. And I say this because, you know, there are hundreds and, and thousands of Kickstarter campaigns on the site daily. Mm-hmm. And what's going to set you apart from the next person, and this is true in anything you do in music, the thing that's going to set you apart is you, your music, and what you're doing. So make sure that you clearly tell what you're doing, why you're excited about what you're doing, and why and how you're making it. And your excitement should transfer over to your backers or potential backers. Backers are the people who will pledge to the project, um, pledge support either monetarily or just by, you know, supporting you uh, organically online. So the three components uh, for you to tell your story of what you're doing in a campaign is through the project video. It's not required for you to have one. We do recommend it because it it humanizes what you're doing. You get to see yourself or hear your voice or hear your music or hear what's happening. So a video is a good way for you to connect and share your excitement. The second way to do it is through the project page itself. So the the descriptions, the text, and the reward tiers. Uh, And then the last way you could do it is through project updates. 
every project uh, on Kickstarter has updates, which are kind of like a project's blog. And this is where you, you can tell people, you know, what's happening as the project is live, update them on the status of it after the project has ended, and really keep the story going. It's a way for you to, you know, share what's happening. Like if you're in the recording studio and you have a demo and you're just joking around, show us a video clip of that. <laughs> or if, if you're designing the artwork for a poster, you know, you can show us what the draft looked like and then show us what the final image looks like. It's just a place for you to really interact and share the process of what you're doing. And one of my favorite things about it is that I've been, you know, working with musicians for a very long time and I, I know the mechanics of what goes into making something, but most music fans don't. So Kickstarter campaigns and the project updates are a great way to see the process, to see how stuff is made and kind of be like an educational opportunity. So you get excited and you can see like, oh, so that's how vinyl records are produced. And you have to listen to a test pressing. I didn't know that. What's a test pressing? Oh, I see what it is. And it's just kind of like a nice way to build uh, the excitement and encouragement and support and education on what, what things are done and how they're made. I think you, you gave us a couple of great tips because I think that the examples you've made are really a clear, you know, example. I don't want to repeat myself, but I think they are a great example of how to make fans and people part of your project because at the moment that your video is not only about, hey, it's me and this is what, what my project is about and I need you to help me, but you give them a behind-the-scenes look. You show them the process of, you know, of, for example, uh, putting out a CD or planning your tour or whatever it is that you, that you are trying to get funding from, uh, for, it's, it's amazing. And I think that's what goes at, the, at an emotional level for people that they're like, okay, that is so cool. Or like you said, oh, I didn't know that, that that's how it's, that, how the thing is done or that how it works. So it's great. And if, if you guys have been with me before, you maybe remember from, Episode 28, where there was Smooth Jazz star Brian Culberson, and episode 40 with Nicholas Beard, that we talked about Kickstarter for a moment because they both used Kickstarter to, and you know, in a in a great way, and to back, I think it was to launch new albums. So if you if you're looking for more inspiration, obviously uh, Haley's gonna give out more examples and you will find the, everything in the show notes. But keep in mind that there are also those two podcast episodes where you can listen to what they have to say about how they did it and what they ex what their expectations were and, you know, how they feel about it now a couple of years after. And you also talked about the, the page itself, so the description, the updates, and the rewards level. And I think that's very important. And I want to ask you for a moment about the rewards level because obviously there are many different rewards level and also depending on the budget one can ask or kind of one can have smaller rewards let's say five dollars and one can have bigger rewards 500 so what do you think like how many levels should one <laughs> kind of go into obviously again it changes from person to person but uh, with the, all the campaigns you have seen what is kind of the, the right balance or yeah, so I typically recommend to have about five or seven reward tiers when you're starting out. Mm -hmm. That's a good mix. It, it You can have low level, like for a dollar, five dollars, whatever it may be, all the way up to, you know, a higher level there in the hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars. And you want to have a, a nice mix of, of different budgets so that folks can support you at all levels of your campaign. Uh, we see that the $25 reward tier 
tends to be the most popular in terms, you know, of the site wide. And the reason for this is, is pretty clear. Like for music campaigns, especially at $25 or, or so, that's why people are offering physical items like a LP or a CD. Whereas before, anything lower than that, they'll usually do like uh, a digital download or anything like that. We also see that um, $75 is about the average pledge. Um, this is U.S. dollars, but you can have a campaign, um, you know, in different currencies depending on where where you are in the world. And so I like to to say like don't have too many reward tiers where you're going to overwhelm somebody with choice, and don't have reward tiers that are very complicated and long and hard to understand because people are going to go to your your campaign page, and this is the internet. They want to understand what's happening immediately. They don't want to necessarily work for it. So just have clear rewards. Don't have too many options. Don't have too many options at the same price point, and just kind of see see what you like, what what, what you would back a project for, and that can use that as a way for you to be like, Oh, I would, I would spend $25 to help a musician make an album and get the physical city. Yeah. This is a good reward here. So think of yourself as a backer, back a couple projects, see what that experience is like. And then when you make your own campaign, you can take care of your, your supporters the way that you would want to be taken care of. Awesome. I love it. I think it's a, it's a great advice to actually try to back a couple of projects so that you use Kickstarter as a, as a fan and you see from the perspective of people that then are going to be on the other side of the coin. So people that are going to back you up are going to pledge your project. And it's a great tip. And, and we've talked about, uh, the features. You gave out a couple of tips when it comes to rewards level. So not to keep, like to keep it simple. And also you gave out a couple of, of, of amount of money. So from 25. Dollar in average for, for example, an LP or 75 as like kind of still standard, but a bigger investment. And in terms of mistakes, what are the most common mistakes you see uh, musicians and people in the music industry make or when, when they launch a crowdfunding campaign? So I see some folks who will put a project page up and then kind of walk away from it expecting to, it to be funded automatically and they don't, you know, put time or any effort into promoting a project or to trying to engage an audience with it. So number one thing I would say is to, to avoid doing is just putting something up and then walking away. You should put up a project and make sure that, you know, you're taking care and paying attention to it and, and, you know, sharing the link and promoting it, things like that. Um, second thing I see people do is, they don't necessarily understand what, what, what or how to make the thing they want to do. So not necessarily do enough research. Um, this is a challenge because if, if you know that you want to make like a vinyl press, a vinyl record, if you don't know what the steps are to actually, you know, get that to happen, you may not be able to inform your backers and your supporters adequately. And you just may run into some trouble because you, you haven't done the research beforehand. So I would recommend definitely researching the steps to do what you want to do, even if you don't have them set in stone to at least know what you need to do. And I would say, lastly, it's the project goal. It's to make sure you budget, you know, how to make the things you want to make and budget the rewards that you're offering. So in terms of rewards, make sure that you're offering things that are easy for you to do that may just take time and not necessarily cost you a lot of money to do shipping or to print physical items. And I guess in the, in turn with a lot of physical items, some people 
don't realize how long things can take to print and to mail. So I would recommend giving yourself extra cushion time when you say, I think that this is going to take me till December. Why not tell people that it'll take you to January just so that you have, you know, four more weeks of uh, time to fulfill everything and to make sure that you make the things to the right quality. So be cautious of any, anticipate any delays, any extra expenses that you may have that you just missed in figuring out your budget and just be totally communicative to your, your backers. If your project is successful and you run into any trouble along the way, just talk to people, talk about it in a project update. These people are here to support you and they want you to make your album, your tour, whatever it is that you're doing and just be communicative to them and they'll, they'll totally understand. That's what I've seen. And me as a backer, I've backed about 200 projects now. I am very chill about <laughs> anything. Uh, just make sure that you, uh, you tell us and tell us how you're doing and, and what the steps are. So just be open. <laughs> and you, and you mentioned the, the shipping costs, for example, and the kind of manufacturing aspect of, of, you know, the products that you might be offering uh, in your campaign. And how does it work from the artist perspective? Uh, if I'm an artist, I launch my campaign and I say, okay, my rewards are, I don't know, t-shirts, uh, digital downloads and, uh, and an LP. How does it work uh, for the shipping? Like once everything is closed and I hit my goal, is it then going to be up, like, do I get all the information I need from you guys, all the information about the the, bank, uh, the people that have pledged the project so that I know who to contact and where to send the merchandise, or how does that aspect of Kickstarter work? So when you build your Kickstarter campaign and you set up your reward tiers, you can specify different shipping options. One option you can say is that no shipping is required. So if, for example, if you're offering a meet and greet or something at a concert, you don't have anything to mail. So you, you, shipping isn't factored in. Another thing you can do is offer domestic shipping only. So people who back this specific reward tier, it's only if you're, for me, it would be only if you're in the U.S., for example. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, there, we have different international shipping options. So you can specify, specify if backers from Canada should add X number of dollars. Backers from Australia should add X number of dollars and figure, you figure out how much it would cost, um, or you budget what you anticipate it costing for international shipping and may, and put it onto your project reward tiers. Um, we have a new feature now that helps you, um, add specific international shipping to countries. So if I'm making CDs in the U.S. and I'm going to ship to China, I'm going to ship to New Zealand, I'm going to ship to the U.K., I can specify what those international shipping uh, charges are and, and pledgers who are coming from those countries can add that to the reward tiers that they select. Okay, that's awesome. So you guys are really making it easier and easier for artists and people in the creative arts to use Kickstarter. And this is awesome that there are now these uh, additional uh, shipping costs options where one can really target specific countries and put the shipping costs for specific countries. I love it. And and you mentioned one of the biggest no-nos when it comes to a, a crowdfunding campaign or a Kickstarter campaign is pressing the button, uh, launch the campaign, and then just <laughs> walk away from it. So. Do you have a couple of promotion tips? So we have just pressed publish. So now our our campaign is officially launched. What where do we take it from there? What do we do now? So if you're in a band and you let's say you have four collaborators who are working with you, you're going to want to talk together and figure out what your strategy is. So most bands and artists 
they'll have a banned social network profile on Facebook, on Twitter, what have you. And then they'll have their individual personal members. So you're going to want to have a strategy as advanced as possible to coordinate your social media efforts. You're going to want to tell people on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, whatever networks you're using that you're, you have built a following, you're going to want to tell people about the campaign when it goes live. Now, you're not going to want to keep spamming the link over and over again, pledge to my project, pledge to my project. Instead, I recommend figuring out interesting ways to talk about your campaign online, the way that you would want to see content posted. So, for example, you could post a music video in your project update. It can be an embed that's on YouTube or wherever you've hosted it, or you can host it directly uh, on Kickstarter in the update. And then you can say on Twitter, if that's your social network of choice, for example, you can say, hey, here's the premiere of my new music video. You can check it out now, and you can share the Kickstarter project update link. And now folks are on your Kickstarter page. They're looking at the music you're making, and they're right there, and they can support you right away. And this is a more interesting way to share your campaign as opposed to just sharing the link saying pledge now. The other thing you can do is as your campaign develops and it's live and you're interacting with people, people are supporting you, you can always tell the people who supported you already to promote the project for you or to help you help share the link. And this is really cool because Kickstarter is an all or nothing funding platform. And this you're you're motivated to get people out there to support you, but the people who have already supported you are motivated to help promote the link for you as well because they want you to make what you're making and they want the rewards that they pledged for and they want you to succeed. So asking them to help share the link is always a good thing. Uh, you could do that either through, you know, on Facebook, you can say, please share this post on Tumblr. You can say, reblog it, things like that. So you're going to want to take the, the followers that you've had that you've built up for however long you've been making music and in the public. And you're going to want to ask them to help you spread the information and to share it kind of like a web. So you plant the seed and, and it just kind of expands out. The other thing you're going to want to do is if you have friends and collaborators who are working with you, who are Kickstarter creators themselves, you should talk to them, ask them about what they've done, what they saw work. And you can ask them to even prom- promote your project to their following because their following is already on Kickstarter because they've backed their own project. And while your project is live, you can go view your project dashboard. These mm-hmm. are tools that we provide for you. And you can see where people are coming from to pl- that have pledged your project. So you can see, oh, Facebook is really working. Or, oh, this you know blog that published this link is really working. And you can see where your efforts are materializing. So just be sure to look at, you know, the tools that you have on your campaign page to, to make sure you're informed about your efforts and to just get out there and coordinate your social uh, sharing options. And lastly, I would say if you're doing a, a live performance or an interview or something uh, while your campaign is live, be sure to mention it and let people know how they can find you and how they can support you. Awesome. Guys, is Haley Rock, does Haley Rock or what? So much value drop. She dropped bomb after bomb after bomb. So much value, Haley. Thank you so much. It's great advice. And I like the one, especially about the uh, cross-promotion and collaboration with people that are already on Kickstarter, because I think that's something that when we use Kickstarter or we want to launch our project on Kickstarter, we don't really think about the other people who are already using Kickstarter and how we can help each other out. So it's a great tip. And is there some, some campaign that you're excited about that you can share with us and that the listeners can also look at? And I will include all the links in the show notes. 
Yeah, this is actually kind of interesting that this is the question right after um, your comment, because one thing people forget is that if they've ran a Kickstarter campaign themselves, they can tell their backers of the first campaign about the new one mm-hmm. and get them over to, to pledge. And just, you know, this week, uh, Murder by Death, this great band, they launched their second Kickstarter campaign. Their first one was launched in 2012, and it, it, it did phenomenal. They had something like 2,600 backers, which is incredible. And they launched, and overnight, you know, they raised over $100,000, and their goal is $150,000. So they're they're very close to close to getting their, their goal, but it's a great example of community building and of excitement and of exclusives because murder by death, like their fans wanted another Kickstarter campaign. They had such a good experience and they enjoyed being part of, of the last one. They wanted a second one. And the band was like, you know what you want it. All right, here we go. Let's do this again. And so that, I think that's a great example of of just the community that's doing it. And there's been a lot of music projects on the site that are just, Phenomenal. I get, I get excited all the time. Uh, one project in particular that I'm still excited about, and it, it occurred months ago, uh, was, uh, artist Khaki King, uh, had a campaign so that she could do a new live music performance that involved having a projector project images on her guitar as she's playing it. And the images are sound responsive to the notes oh. that she's hitting. And it was just, a phenomenal live performance and it's an album project as well. So that's another, you know, great example of what is your dream project? What would you like to make that maybe people are, you know, have been telling you no, or that's expensive or no one's interested in that. What is your dream project? And do you want to do it? And do you want to find people who want you to do it and be excited about it too? If you know that you have this gem of an idea, you don't need people telling you no. You should just go out and do it and get the supporters who want to see it and want to hear it and help you make it happen. Great stories. And guys, you will find everything, all the links to the people Haley mentioned at the case studies we talked about in the show notes. And thank you, Haley, for all those great tips. And there is one thing that I actually forgot to ask you, and it's the length of the campaign. So uh, how, like, how does that work? Like, how does it come into play? Like, should I do a, a campaign for a week, for a month? How, like, how do I find the balance? And that's the first question. And the second question is, is about the, the final days or, or the final hours, you know, when the deadline is approaching and the goal, it's close. Do you have some tips on how to uh, increase the buzz and get those less push toward achieving the goal? So, On Kickstarter, you can run a campaign for as little as one day to as many as 60 days. But we recommend that you stick to about 30 days. That's kind of the sweet spot. Uh, Most projects are about 30 days, a month long. Uh, With that in mind, I do recommend that you you take into account any promotional opportunities that you have. So, for example, a great musician, uh, Jarek Bischoff, he was touring in Australia uh, this last month. His campaign just wrapped, and he wanted his campaign to be live every time he was going to a different city in front of a new audience. And so, yeah, I believe his campaign was about 45 days, something along that, that line. And so you want to make sure that you're you're setting your strongest foot forward with whatever you're doing in the world. So if you know that you have album premieres or if you have singles or tours or interviews, you want to keep that in mind. So having a 40 day campaign is totally fine, but we recommend 30 because that's about 
a good reasonable time for you not to get too exhausted from, you know, promoting the work and, and working on the project updates. And it also gives you enough time to, to plan what you want to do. Um, an artist last year did a campaign for 60 days and they hit their goal immediately, but you don't get the money to, of your project until a project ends. And so they had to wait until their campaign concluded for them to be able to release the rewards and to offer the downloads that they wanted to offer and to really just kind of get everything going. So you don't want a campaign that's too long because it will tire you out. It will exhaust your audience out. It will, it will just be a lot of, uh, upkeep to do. You want to make sure the project is tight and neat. The, uh, the other thing too is once your project ends, you want to go out and make, make the music that you're making or the artwork that you're doing. And, uh, you want to keep in touch with your backers and you want to find out who they are and, and move on to actually making the thing that you're doing. So, I would say look at look at your schedule, see what you have coming up, and figure out the time that works best for you. And in terms of the last final days of what you can do to help get that extra push, most Kickstarter campaigns will have a spike in the very beginning, the excitement of when they launch. And then sometimes it kind of slows down a little bit, which is average. Um, and the ways that you kind of keep the momentum going is to maybe post new reward items for for people to pledge for you post project updates and videos and exclusive content that way. And then at the very end, there's going to usually be another spike because it's now or never the project is about to end. You know, if you're under your goal, people want to help you reach the goal. Sometimes people will increase their pledges because they want you to get there. So it's a matter of getting that excitement articulated to your networks, to the backers who are supporting already, to everybody. Just say, hey, you know, we have three days left. I'm really excited about doing this. I'm ready to go into the studio and record. But before that can even happen, we have to meet this goal and we have X number of dollars left to reach. And just kind of articulate that excitement, that urgency in the final moments. And hopefully your your supporters will come on in in the moment when it counts the most. Again, so much value, so many great tips. Heli, we are approaching the end of the year and uh, 2015 is almost here. Do you have something coming up that you can share with us or something you're, you're thinking if you should do or not do next year? Well, we have a bunch of exciting uh, music campaigns in the works. Uh, I can't tell you what they are yet because they aren't live on the site, but I would say just keep looking at Kickstarter because every day there is something new, uh, and every month there definitely is more more new things coming up. Uh, I'd say 2015 is going to be a very big year, not just for music on Kickstarter, but on Kickstarter in and of itself. And so I say keep coming back, keep seeing what's on the site, and keep getting excited. And hopefully in 2015, some of these listeners here will be launching their projects, and that is very exciting to me. And I'm sure that if they're going to do it's going to be thanks to Haley Rosenblum. And guys, if you're looking for someone way cool to follow on Twitter, Haley is someone that you have to follow. And you can find her at Haley Fiasco. So make sure to follow her. Give her a shout out for being here on the podcast and for giving out so much value and for telling us more about Kickstarter and how to launch a crowdfunding campaign. Haley, thank you so much for being here on the podcast and for simply rocking this episode. Oh, well, thank you, Jan. It's a pleasure to speak to you and to your listeners. Okay, everybody, we're back. Haley, thank you so very much for being here on the podcast. I had a great time talking to you and I wish you a happy Thanksgiving and a great weekend since it's Thursday. 
Have a great Thanksgiving and a fantastic weekend. And really, thank you so much for being here on the podcast and for all the great things you and the people at Kickstarter do for people in the music industry and creative professionals. You guys are amazing. So please keep up your great work. You maybe noticed that I didn't give any shout out at the beginning of the episode. And I did that on purpose because that's something that I wanted to kind of keep here for the end of the episode because usually I say thank you to people who take the time to leave some ratings review on iTunes and Stitcher but today since it's Thanksgiving I want to say a big 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 thank you to all my past guests from episode two because the first episode was just me introducing the podcast from episode two until today episode 49 Thank you to each and every one of you for being here on the podcast, for providing the audience with some great tips, stories and value, and also for the great things you are doing. Thank you very much. And I wish you all a fantastic Thanksgiving. Okay, so now about next week. On Tuesday is the big day because Tuesday it's episode five or episode 50 on Tuesday. And I can tell you this is going to be a big 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 episode it's gonna be epic it's gonna be awesome and not only the episode on tuesday but also the one on thursday because on thursday we're gonna have a fantastic guest who's gonna tell us everything we need to know about instagram and when i say about instagram i don't mean using instagram to take picture of my vacations and share it with my friends which i can do and it's a great thing definitely but i'm talking about how you can use instagram to promote your music, grow your fan base and sell your music and products. So how we can use Instagram to grow our fan base, promote our music and sell. It's going to be an awesome episode. So this is going to be on Thursday. This is all for today. I'm Yanilunga from the Jazz Portal Podcast. I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving and I talk to you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend.